Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is time for our weekly conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, He's forgotten more about basketball than you'll ever know. He's the great David Locke. Hi, David. Happy Valentine's Day, David. Hands, happy Valentine's Day. Man, we I forgot you. to call Jeffrey's flowers. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Jimmy's. I I know that. Uh, oh, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I know that you love love like I do, do though, David. I I know you're a fan of love. I am. Good. I like to give. Do you uh, do you have your restaurant picked out for tonight already? In Memphis? Yes. Oh, that's right. You are in Memphis, aren't so you? Please tell me you took Mama with you. I did not. I mean, take, take, Dude, take you my Valentine's Day. My Valentine's Day present to my wife is she doesn't have to go to Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> take take Bullard to Gus's and call it good. <laughs> I actually think Dave Fisdale. Jazz assistant GM's taking us out tonight because he used to be here, so he knows the place. So he's taking us out tonight. So how many super t- nice of him? How many times have you got over to Graceland? Just once. It was really cool. Oh, it's my favorite. Um, I go to the Civil Rights Museum just about every time I'm here. Um, they're going as a group this afternoon. I have some calls scheduled, so I think I'm going to go tomorrow on my own. But it's so awesome. I've gone, you know, done the whole thing a few times. And so what I've done since is I go and I'll do a portion of it for like an hour. Right. Like who cares that you pay an admissions fee? Like you're donating to the civil rights museum. It's really cool. It's worth like, if you ever flying out here, land in Memphis, go to the civil rights museum, probably have Gus's fried chicken or central barbecue, leave as quickly as possible after that. Um, and go to wherever you're going. Um, but the Civil Rights Museum is really magnificent. They have one of the Freedom Buses. They still have the hotel room that Dr. Martin Luther King stayed in the night before um, he was shot. It's the Civil Rights Museum is built into what was the Lorraine Hotel where he was shot. Hmm. Um, when he was out here uh, supporting the Memphis uh, sanitary workers. So it's really great. It has a very extensive early, I think they call it Negro history, um, in kind of the Underground Railroad and all of that period of time that 
we are not very well schooled on and don't know very much about in American history. Like we just don't teach it because that would actually mean we had to admit what was going on in the first part of it. Um, so we don't teach that very much like the way we do the civil rights movement. And so a lot of those heroes are pretty incredible and are talked about and it's worth going to see. The great David Locke right here on 97.5, the KSL sports zone. So, um, is Gus's, uh, overrated, underrated, or uh, as good as the hype uh, everybody makes it out to be? So for me personally, it's as good as the hype if I have a piece. Yeah. And it is vastly overrated if I have multiple pieces because the post-game show is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I've, I've had a good, like, you know, I've done the Nobu thing. I've done the... uh Ooh, the- well, wait, Gus and Nobu are not on the same scale. Well, no, no, I'm just talking about, like, the places people talk about in cities. You know, like uh, what's the uh, what's the stake place in in St. Elmo's in Indianapolis? I've done that. You know, like so so the guys went to St. Elmo's um, the other day. Last time I went to St. Elmo's, it was so below average that I was really uninterested in going. I'm not a big steak eater anywhere. The shrimp the shrimp cocktail is incredible, but you can go to Harry and Izzy's next door and get that. Um, So. St. Elmo's actually, I feel like, is. I guess they said it was much better, but last time I thought it jumped the shark. When I was with the Colts, David, if you had perfect attendance every month in weightlifting, they'd give you a $200 gift uh-huh. certificate to Elmo's. So I actually That's made great. perfect attendance so I could eat at Elmo's anytime I wanted. <laughs> I mean, the vibe is awesome. That's actually my favorite part about St. Elmo's, is it's like got like. It's got like it feels like it's got a texture to it. Yes. It's got kind yeah. of a it's you a feel place. like you are someplace. Like we don't have a lot of places in Salt Lake that have that same kind of old school, been around for a while, bast in tradition element to it. We have some really good steakhouses and places that are good, but we, I don't think we. I don't feel like well, most of ours are chains, so that's probably why. Um, but I'm thinking. I'm sorry if I apologize to the steakhouse. It's not a chain in Salt Lake City, but when I just ran through five, in the top of my head, they were all chains. Um, so I say in Elmo's just feels like it's like, it feels like it's deeply rooted in the culture of Indianapolis and that's super cool. And you kind of feel that when you come through that first bar area. And I think that's also the other elements. We just don't have that same bar set up because of the way our restaurants are. And that bar setup is super cool at St. Elmo's that like the first thing you walk in through is that kind of frolicking bar to get to your table. And then you're moving into a back room of some sort and the back room feels super cool. David, we got a lot to get to on this. Uh, let's start with this. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that the Jazz are 2-1 and one on the road since the trade deadline? <laughs> so, I get it. Like, honestly, I kind of assumed and had thought in my head, like, okay, 10-5-20, and, five and 20, you know, 8-22 and, 20, and 22 doesn't hurt us. Like, eight, you know, 8-17, like as a broadcaster, I kind of said to myself, like, all right, like, let's, let's just still make sure we have a lot of fun with this. Like, it's been a great season, and let's enjoy ourselves and – and, you know, if we end up the sixth pick of the draft, that's pretty good for the franchise. So um, I, I had gone there no differently than every other fan. But, you know, I'm going to enjoy the wins. Like, it's fun to see these guys compete. And, you know, I've gotten to know Colin a little bit and some of these other guys. And it's really – and I've gotten to know Taylor a lot. Like, I talk to Taylor almost every night in every game. Um, he's in the locker room. He's one of the guys that sits in the locker room, kind of went to an open media. So we just check in and say hi and have various random conversation about flying objects in the sky or whatever it might be. Um, and so – you know, I find to watch these guys develop and get better and 
and be parts of wins is really exciting. So I think we should be really happy for them that they're a part of it. Um, it's kind of maybe no lose right now. Like if they lose, you just kind of say, okay. And if they win, like enjoy it. So I've been, uh, I purposely did not, you know, bring up a lot of trades leading up because, you know, I want that pretty bird sandwich. Um, and so with that said, now. You're doing sandwich, not three piece? Uh, I've only had the sandwich there. Mm, three piece tenders are really great. All right. Thanks Damn. this. Uh, pretty bird, the chicken place. Oh, okay. Never been. You, You've never wait. wait who's no, never no, been to no, no. I've I've had the sandwich. I've never had the three piece. I've never been. Oh, I can't wait to bring it to you. Really? It's that good. Uh, our buddy Clay Jensen. Oh, yeah. Our yeah, buddy Clay is, Jensen's. This is gonna make my day. We're, I'm gonna build a whole too. day where I'm bringing you Pretty Bird. You swear? It's. I mean, good. It might, I just warning. It's probably gonna be in May. Okay. Right. Is that a three piece that you're gonna bring? Is that a spicy or what do they do? Is it? Well, I'd probably a little mild because I think their spicy is really, really spicy. Oh. It might be too much, but if you are interested in both, I'd be willing to order you two um, so you could try both the mild and the medium spice. And I actually am not worried. I think you could probably eat two servings. Hey, did we ever get some cinnamon bears up to you? Did anybody ever make the trek up? No. No. Oh, your, no. Listeners, your listeners have failed me so far. Oh, days. come on, people. Dang it. I that was, van sticks out, too. You, it's a big van. You can find it. I was so hopeful. That was, that was a very specific ask, though, from a very specific <laughs> spot. Yeah, but very I, weird I, I did have a couple of people that tweeted at me and said they had the bears and they were looking for you. So I thought for sure somebody was going to find you. Oh. Um, well, that's nice of them. I appreciate it. So, but yeah, I'll, I'm just going to I just reserve the right. The statute of limitations to me paying off my bet has to be till post ski season. That's totally fine. Fine. Completely acceptable. Okay. Um, I, I assume Russell Westbrook is eventually going to get bought out. I assume that's what's going to happen. Um, and I would anticipate probably the Clippers. Uh, but I don't know. How, how do you think this thing plays out? I'm beginning to wonder. Yeah. Um, if it's not the Clippers, who is it? I don't know. Uh, because the Clippers have been so vocal and wanting not, him. If it's not the Clippers, it's the Heat. Is it? Like, is there a second team if it's not the Clippers? Yeah, I, th- I thought that uh, he was pretty – well, I thought that it was pretty vocal or pretty out there that if it wasn't the Clippers, there was interest in the Miami Heat. He was interested in the Miami Heat. That's what I th- – that was the, the, the impression I was under, yes. I've not heard players from the right. from the Heat that have – that have asked for no. him, like Paul George. Asked. Yes, yeah. So that's good. It's a good point. So if he gets if he's got if he gets bought out, he has to know where he's going. Yes. Yeah. You don't. Uh, you know, if you're asking somebody to marry you, you got to know what the answer is going to be. And uh, so, yeah. Right. Hey, David, is there a timeline or a penalty? The longer the Jazz wait. No. no. Okay. I mean, I guess what's the uh, deadline for being on a playoff roster? That's a great question. Because that that would be the only issue. Um, from a jazz standpoint, from a jazz standpoint, there's really no no reason to worry about it. Or um, yeah, there's there's really no reason at all to to worry about. It. In fact, there's probably some advantageous reasons for both sides to just sit on it forever. Yeah. I mean, the Jazz, they've had great conversations. And I think the Jazz are just being super honest with Russ. Like, okay, like, you're welcome to come. 
but you're not playing 35 and you're, you know, you're not going to have great counting numbers. And, you know, we're probably more, you know, our focus is more interested in pieces that we're trying to develop. You're not going to be a piece of this thing in the long term, but if we can be a vehicle for you to show what you want to show someone for next year, and we can be helpful to you, then maybe we can find a mutual agreement. Yeah. Um, and then the buyout is we'll help you once you know where you want to go, but he's got to know where he wants to go. Hmm. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. David Locke joins us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Of course, the conversations with Davis all brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Um, overall, though, when you look at um, you know what, what we're seeing across the landscape of the NBA post-trade deadline, who do you feel like came out the winner in all of it? Super interesting question. Um, a lot of people really like what the Clippers did because they had some depth. I think we're going to see little pieces of puzzles being most important. So, like, moves that didn't seem on the surface being wildly important are going to be important. And here's – let me back up if I can. The margin of error – or the margin from one team to the other in the NBA is narrower than it's ever been before. Right? Like even point differential after like Boston is pretty tight universally um, across the board. And so I think when you start to look at, um, when you start to look at those kind of the, how slim that is between teams, it used to not be that way. So you used to have to add, a fairly significant piece to your puzzle to get better. But if you're the New York Knicks and you just went from Miles McBride to Josh Hart in your rotation for 20 minutes a night, that might be a really, that might be the difference between like that might be in a league where every game is as tight as it is. That really might matter. Do you understand? Yeah. So rather than the headliner move, who's the team you know, we've talked about this a lot. I talk about 240 minutes. Do you have 240 minutes of viable NBA rotation minutes? It's where I thought people really missed the boat on us this year. Like, when you suddenly looked at the Jazz roster at the beginning of the year, like, you're like, whoa, we have 240 minutes. Most teams don't have 240 minutes of NBA rotation players. They just are playing some guys. The Knicks didn't have 240 minutes. Miles McBride's not all the way there yet as a bona fide rotation. Josh Hart is. So they just filled two hundred. You know, they just filled their two hundred and forty minutes. Um, you know, do Cam Reddish and Mile um, uh, Thibel somehow do something 
in depth for Portland that's a little different than they had before in, on those fringes. So I think it's some of those pieces that are, does, does Mason Plumley suddenly give the Clippers a backup center that's not Markeith Morris? Yeah, like that matters. So I think it's actually probably non-starter rotation pieces that just give a team 48 minutes of basketball that they didn't used to have. Even more than the Kevin Durant move. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time on that one being a win right now. I, so, I'm, I'm so curious in this, David. I cannot, I can't wait so, to see it, but I don't know how it works. I, I love it, okay? And I love it because... If you're playing for a championship, you got to go all in, and they did, and their window's narrow, and Chris Paul's got limited left. And But holy cow, they gave up a ton. Yeah. A ton mm-hmm. for a 34 or 5-year-old guy who's coming off an Achilles who's got leg problems who can't stay healthy. <clears throat> the ramifications like, of that trade is going to be felt for, you know, what, the next six years, seven years? I mean, it's, it's, right. it's insane. And, and you can't make a trade to make yourself a championship caliber team without that kind of risk. So I don't want to be the guy who's in there criticizing them for the risk because you don't get upside without risk, right? That's, that's how this works. There's, you know, I mean, Hey, power soul for Kwame Brown and Rasheed Wallace for whatever it was over the years, like every now and then it happens. But like, generally, if you're going to make a, a move that's this bold, you've, you've got to take, you've got to have a little risk. And I think, I think when they, you know, but holy, I mean, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson are both good. And so, yeah, they, they're loaded, but I'm not sure they have 240 minutes either. Yeah. By the way, hmm. now they might sign enough guys that they end up with 240 minutes. Did they just get Terrence Ross or did he, where did he go? Dallas? Uh, I thought it was Dallas. Hold on. Terrence Ross just went somewhere, so that's an, that helps their 240 minutes. I think it's Phoenix. He had verbally like committed. Kyrie. He had verbally committed to Dallas before settling on the Suns. Yeah, it was Phoenix. Oh, okay. No wonder I was confused. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas is interesting with Kyrie, but you know the track record is that that has destroyed three franchises. So why we don't think it'll destroy the next? Well, David, I, I think um, Kyrie looks super comfortable. I think that's an interesting Luke one. Looks really uncomfortable. They've they've lost back to back games, and they've done it against really good teams, the Kings and the Timberwolves. But that's him on the court for forty one plus minutes. Where I would imagine Dallas wanted to show the Kings and show the Timberwolves what they were, and try to function together. And they probably lost shouldn't games. judge them on their first two games. But I agree with you. Had they won the first two, we'd be ju- we'd be saying they were like had arrived. And that's with Luka Doncic on the court for thirty eight minutes and Kyrie on the court for forty one. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing this thing this year where I watch the final nine minutes of every close game in the NBA. So I've watched both those. It's pretty interesting. Like Luka just has the ball in his hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Kyrie looks pretty comfortable playing off the ball because he's done that so much. But Luka just has the ball in his hands. So much, and then they, then it doesn't, and then it gets a little funky. Like, so who are we? What are we doing? Where is it going? Teams are still doubling Luca because you really have to, and then they move it. And Kyrie is a pretty incredible option to have off a double. 
Well, those those games too. You give up thirty six or thirty eight to De'Aaron Fox. Can't remember exactly what the number was, and 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 because we, we've talked about the defense, you give up one hundred and thirty three points, and then you give up thirty two points to um, Anthony Edwards, and you give up whatever it was one hundred twenty seven or whatever it was that. Minnesota put up on them. That was the one thing that we ta- talked about was, okay, so you're going to get this infusion of offense, but what do you do to stop some of these guys? Because, and I know those guys are going to go off for 36, 38, maybe in a given night anyways, but I just think it's interesting. I, it's a sample size to watch. Dallas unable to defend, carry on the court for 40 plus minutes, and ball distribution. Right. Yeah, I, I think they should be okay, honestly. Like, I'm not, I don't think it should be a problem. So, <clears throat> I think they should figure it out. Uh, but, but, second round of playoffs, you better find some pretty staunch defense. You better find some, some aggression in a second. There's going to be a seven game series where it, it's okay to that point. And then when you get to that point, it's not okay. Yeah. So, when it gets down to isolation, half court playoff basketball, don't they get better? Dallas? Yeah, I mean, they have the two best driving players in the NBA. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. They also got to defend. Yeah. They do, and and they're going to miss Dorian Finney. He was the best um, isolation defender in the NBA last year, so that is... That's a real problem for them. Um, but who's the favorite in the West? Are we just do, are we just being dismiss, well, unfairly dismissive it's, of Denver? It's Phoenix. I mean, I do these conference calls with other you know PDs inside the uh, the Bonneville family, and we got one in Denver and we got one in Phoenix, and and we were on there the other day, and the Denver guy was like, "Wow, you know, we felt really good until the Durant trade, and now everybody feels like you're we're second fiddle now." and and the guys in Phoenix are puffing out their chest thinking the road to the NBA Finals goes through Phoenix now, and I'm not quite there yet, but but I know there are some people in Denver that got pretty nervous feeling like they were the best team in the West, and now they're not quite quite so sure. I think it's Phoenix. Hey, David, where you've got Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton, and you know when he jumps on the court, Kevin Durant, and I don't know who you play with Durant. I don't know if you play Craig or... Okogie with him. I, I'm not sure what you do on the outside. Like a Kobe, a Kobe can't play in the playoffs, and Tory Craig barely can play in the playoffs. Like they shoot 25 percent from three. You're yeah. not guarding them. But, You're literally going to stick your man in the middle or just double team all the time and make those guys shoot 20 shots a game. They can't play. But where you've got. Kevin Durant on the court now with one of them, and you take one of the liabilities off the court, and you're spreading it around. I don't know if Aiton becomes, you know, I don't know what Aiton's averaging this year. I got to imagine it's close to 20 points, but you can force it down to Aiton. You still got the Chris Aiden, Paul mid ranger. I mean, Aiton's not Aiden's not a defensive marvel here. No, he's not. No, he's still interesting. I don't know. It's super curious, like. I don't know. Like, let's. I still like, think, let's watch it. Like, Phoenix still still my favorite in the West right now. I still think they come. I mean, out that, of the West. that that bench, that bench is not two hundred and forty minutes of NBA minutes. Now, maybe if Cameron Payne and Landry Shaman are healthy, they're going to be all right. 
Right now, it's certainly not. With Lee Wainwright, Lynn Dell, Sabian Lee, and, and we released Sabian Lee. He's playing 20 minutes for them right now. <laughs> That's a good point. Forgot about that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a rough bench. And maybe, you know, everyone gets healthy and they get a few more buyouts and they get, right, like, you know, Terrence Ross will help. So, then, you know, they may they may end up with 240 minutes here and you only need eight guys. And then and then they're really, you know, Terrence Ross is closing games in that position, by the way. Like, not Josh Akogi or Tor- Terry Craig, because you can't, you can't have guys who shoot 25% from three on the floor when you have those many other guys on the floor that are that good because you, you just invite a double team the whole time. Well, at least they didn't just get Durant on the rent like Dallas got Kyrie. Until Durant right. wants to be traded. So I think I think they'll yeah. sign Kyrie, which is maybe the problem. You do think Dallas will get a deal done with Kyrie? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think they do that deal. I don't think they did that deal without um uh without believing that yeah. they could. I just I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how Mark Cuban makes that deal. But whatever. We're all I mean, we're all right? little, we're all a little morally flexible when it comes to winning, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, like you're true. going to the party, and your good friend, who's like the leader of the Holocaust Museum in Dallas, walks up to you and says, "Hi, like, yep. how you feeling?" Yep. All right, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, as always. You're the best, David. Always a pleasure, you guys. The man himself, David Locke, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.